0: If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with us to perhaps a familiar scripture, Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel chapter 37, and I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture, perhaps if you'd like to stand and read with us, that would be great. Just one verse of scripture, verse 3, and he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, Thou knowest. Only God knows certain things, doesn't He? May we pray. Father, thank You for this day and for Your wonderful blessings. Thank You for the opportunity we have to be back in Your house with, with Your people. And God, You know the needs that are here tonight. I, I don't. You see the dry places in our life. You see places that may be dead in our life, dear God. But the question was asked, can these places live? Can these dry bones? Can these dead bones live? So Heavenly Father, speak to us tonight. And I come in agreement with every person in this church that if anyone is unsaved, that tonight will be the night, Lord, that you would speak as only you can. Spirit of God, even now we make you welcome to work here and to draw people to you, Lord, that tonight will be the night as someone gives their life to you. And, Father, we'll give you praise, honor, and glory for us. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. I've got to ask a question. And um, so some of you, I'm just kind of looking around at the, at the age difference in the room, and you may know it. There There's an actor. His name is Lee Majors. Does anybody remember actor Lee Majors? Oh, man, this is good. Everybody does. Okay. Here's my next question. Some of you may remember him years in the 60s ago. He was uh, Heath Barkley on the Big Valley. Remember that? That's, that's who he was. And then if you're a little younger, you remember in the 80s, he was the fall guy. What was his name? Colt? Was it, I think his name was Colt, something on that one. I can't remember exactly. But then if you're if you're my age, somewhere about, give or take, and I I'm 52. In, in the 70s, he was the $6 million man. I used to love that show, Brother Hilton. I had a $6 million action figure. I didn't play with dolls, but I did have an action figure. I, I had that little thing. I remember how that show would come on. He was an astronaut. And he, he, was, he was on some kind of plane or some kind of astronaut vehicle or whatever. And it, it, was, it was getting in a wreck. And I can remember hearing him saying, It's breaking up. It's breaking up. I can't hold it. I can't hold it. And then they stretched him out. Next thing you know, he's on an operating table. And it came on like this. said, Steve Austin, a man barely alive. Gentlemen, we can rebuild him. We have the technology. And the next thing you know, they put a bond of God in this guy. And he's looking. you remember that? You can hear that little song. (laughs) He's looking around. And they give him a bionic arm, and he's picking stuff up. And then they give him bionic legs, and and this man is running 60 miles per hour. Man, I I used to love to watch the $6 million man. You know, when he got in that accident, it looked like life was over for him. When When he got in that accident, it looked like all hope was gone. He got in that accident like he had no future whatsoever. But, man, when they got him on that operating table and they put those bionics in him, his life changed. And he was able to live again. Now, what are you saying, Preacher? I'm saying this. We meet a lot of people in our life, and they're like Steve Austin. They've struggled in life, and it looks like they have no future. They've gone through some sad times in their life, and it looks like there's no hope. They've even committed certain sins in their life and they feel like there is no future for me anymore. Now, what they need is not bionics or technology. They need just a solid Christian friend who will come along beside them and give them a word of hope. They give them a message of restoration to let them know that there is a future with God if you'll turn your life over to Him. I think Ezekiel was in a similar situation. When you read this passage of Scripture, you need to understand that when Ezekiel was taken into Babylonian captivity, he was just a young man. But shortly after he came into captivity, we learn from Scripture that he got his priestly calling. He became a prophet. And for several years, his prophecy was really messages of doom, if you'll let me say it that way. Because the people knew they were in captivity because of their sin. And they knew that their temple and their city had been destroyed because of sin. But then in the latter part of his ministry, he began to minister of hope. And he began to talk about restoration. And when we look at Ezekiel chapter 37, it's one of those messages that he preached about hope. The Bible says that the Spirit of God took him down into a valley. And when he went in this valley, all we could see were were bones. And and the bones had to be scattered because the bones were not together. Whatever had happened to it, it just scattered these people, and and they were no longer together. And and they had to be in that condition for a long time because the the bones were now dry, and they had been bleached by the sun. And and God asked a a real simple question to him. He said, uh, Son of Man, Ezekiel, look look around. Do, Do you think? that these bones can, can live again. And, and Ezekiel's probably just like me or like you. I mean, he's in this valley, and he doesn't see anything living. All he sees is bones. All he sees are scattered bones. And, and I don't know, maybe he just has to look at the Lord and says, Lord, only you know. To, to, to me, Lord, it looks impossible. But I do know that you're the almighty God. And I know with you all things are possible. Lord, to me it looks doubtful, but I know that you're the great I am. And and with you, all things are are even possible. And and Lord, it don't look like there's much hope to me, but I know that even now you can raise the dead if you choose to. I know that you're able to do these things. And 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 so the Lord began to talk to him about these bones, begin to live. And and I can't just help but wonder tonight, folks, when I talk with you and I look at my own life, I wonder if we've got some dry and some dead in some barren places in our life. When we begin to survey the valley of our life, I wonder if there's some dry places in our life. Man, I don't know what it may be for you or for you, but but for some of us tonight, it it may be a a relationship, and it it may be a relationship that's just gone dead, and it's a relationship where it's like there's no future in it. And and I don't know, maybe it's a career, and and, and you're involved in a career, and it seems to be dead because there's no future in that career that you're in. And and maybe it's even a health report some of you have gotten as late today, and it seems like it's not very favorable, and it, it, things are not going to work out for you, and maybe it's even a ministry that you're in, and, and it's no longer fruitful like it used to be, if that's where you are, maybe the Lord will be asking you, can these bones live again? Maybe the Lord will be asking you, can that marriage live again? Can that relationship live again? Maybe He wants to ask somebody, can that career be revived? Can that ministry be fruitful again? And I'm going to give you the answer the Lord would tell you. The answer is just simply yes. The answer is yes. Yes, those bones can live again. I want you to know your relationship can be stored with the help of God. I want you to know we serve a God who's still able to heal if He chooses to heal. I want Want you to know we serve a God who can turn things around even on your job. We serve a God who can do all things but fail. The answer is real simple. Yes. Yes. These bones can live. I don't know what's dry in your life. I don't know what appears to be dead in your life. But it can live again with God's help. How does that happen, Pastor? How, how do we do that? Let me just get just, just a couple of things from Ezekiel here we need to learn. One thing is this. One thing is real simple. Ezekiel had to be willing to speak the word of God over these bones. Yeah. He had to speak the word of God. The Lord began to talk to him. And he said, can these bones live? And and, and the Bible says, after Ezekiel said, Lord, you know, you look in verse 4, and and the Bible says, the Lord said, well, prophesy unto these bones what do you mean, Lord? I want you to speak my word to these bones. And don't you know, now maybe I'm stretching it just a little bit. I wasn't there. And maybe Ezekiel was a lot more spiritual than me. But I, if it was Pastor Mark, and I'm going to say if it was even Pastor Hilton, we, we might be looking around and say, Lord, you want me to speak to these bones. There's a foot bone here. There's a head bone there. They're all scattered about. And and, Lord, they're, they're dead, and you want me to speak? But the Bible says he did as he was commanded. He began to prophesy to these bones. I don't, don't miss what I'm saying. To those things that were dead, to those things that were scattered, to those things that were dry, he began to proclaim the word of God. And this, he, he spoke to them. He'll, he said, oh, you dry bones. I want you to hear the Word of God. God said that he's going to put sinews on you and then he's going to put some muscle on you and he's going to put some skin on you and then he's going to breathe into you and you're going to live and you're not going to die. What are you saying Pastor Mark? I'm saying when he began to proclaim the word of God, things begin to happen in those dead places in his life. When I look at this passage I believe what the Lord wanted to understand was what I've already told you in chapter 36, I'm showing you in chapter 37 and this is why he in chapter 36. He said, I will gather you from all of these countries. I'm going to bring you back to your land and I'm going to clean you up of your filth and I'm going to take out that heart of stone and I'm going to give you a heart of flesh and I'm going to put my spirit in you and you're going to walk in my statues and I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. This man is prophesying. He's speaking the word of God over these dry bones and the Bible declares that while he's speaking the word of God, he begins to hear a little noise and and he turns around and all of a sudden there's a little shaking going on and, and there's a little clinging going on and what are you saying? The Bible declares that bone begin to connect the bone. Let me tell you something I believe about this. God is such a God of order, like he said earlier. He didn't put your bone with my bone, and he didn't put my bone with your bone. What are you saying? When he begins to bring a marriage back together, your marriage may not look like my marriage, but it'll look like the marriage God wants you to have. When God puts you in your career, it may not be my job, but it'll be the job God has for you. When God restores your health, you may not have mine, but you'll have yours. Why? Because when you begin to speak, Speak the word of God over it. Things begin to happen. Things begin to happen. But what we have to do is proclaim the word of God over these dry places. I believe it'll work for us. Brother Hilton may have shared with some of you, and maybe you've even read it. There's a a preacher in Washington, D.C. His name is Mark Batterson. He's written several books. One of them is The Circle Maker and Draw the Circle. And this is so important. He wanted to plant a church in Washington D.C. and things just weren't working out for him and so he said to begin to sit back and meditate about that church that God wanted him to do he just didn't impressed by God to do a prayer walk around Capitol Hill you know what a prayer walk is don't you that's when you pray and you walk at the same time that's not hard yeah you pray you walk you walk you pray I mean so, but he was doing this around Capitol Hill. It took him about three hours to do it. But while he was doing that, he, he felt impressed also from the Spirit of God to proclaim a promise. I think it was from Joshua 1 and 3 maybe. I could be off on the verse. But it says this, every place that your foot treads, I've given to you. He's walking around Capitol Hill. He's proclaiming every place my foot goes, God's given to me. Every place I step, God's given to me. Everywhere I go around this, God has given to me. It took about 15 years for it to happen, but do you know that church has expanded to seven different campuses because somebody was willing to proclaim the word God over the situations that looked to be dead, over the situations that looked to be dry, over the situations that used to be barren. God gave them life when they began to proclaim the Word of God. Now let me tell you something. I am not a name it, claim it preacher. That's just not me. And if that's you, bless you. That's okay. But I will tell you this. I've learned that there's promises in the Word of God. And you can stand on the Word of God. Yeah, I'm not talking about naming it and just claiming what No, I'm saying, but if you can find a promise in the Word of God that you can stand on, it'll take you through. Yeah. It, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea just to just ask ourselves tonight, Brother Hilton, what promise do we need to circle in the Word of God? Because I'm going to tell you something about the Word of God. The Word of God is forever settled in heaven. The word of God is never going to change. The word of God is quick and it's powerful. The, the word of God is living and it's active. The, the promises of God are yea and amen in Jesus Christ. God's not a man that he shall lie. And he's not the son of man that he has to repent. What God said is what God is going to do. And I don't know what promise you need to know, but I'll tell you something. There is a promise in the word of God for you. I can, If you don't, it don't, you don't have to tr- 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 trust me on it test me on it? Just believe it. Believe it for yourself. Go to the Word of God and begin to search the Word of God. There is a promise that will speak to your situation right now. And I don't know what the promise may be, but I can give you a hint maybe. If you hear the knot in your marriage is about to bust up, or if you got a friendship that's just not where it needs to be, there's a promise that will say it is what God has joined together. Let not man put asunder. I suggest every married couple in this place circle that promise and say, that's for me and my house when we're going to serve the Lord. I don't know what's in your career and what's going backwards, but there's a promise that says this. I know the plans I think toward you, and they're plans of good and not of evil to give you a future and to give you a hope, to give you a future with a hope. I don't know what's happening in your life with your health, but the Bible declares it's with his stripes were healed. I know God is able to meet every need according to his riches which are in glory. I'm just simply saying tonight, fine. A promise in the word of God. And I know it's going to sound odd. I'm just, I'm just kind of a practical person. I just kind of keep it on the low shelf. I mean, so everybody can eat it. And I, it just, I don't know what else to say but this. Find that promise that you can circle. Put your name around it. And every now and then when you pray, remind God of his word. Now he knows it already, but won't you, Lord? You told me, Lord. You said, Lord. You said, if I bring them up in the ways of you, when they get old, they won't depart from it. Somebody needs to hear that promise tonight. Because your kids may have stripped it away. And it may Mason, you may think they'll never come back to you. But every now and then, won't you just remind God of his word, Lord? I'm going to circle this promise. and hey, you said, Lord, if I bring them up in the way that you tell me to, dear Lord. When they get old, they won't depart from me. Every now and then, find you a promise in the word of God. Circle it. Pray it. Walk it out. Live it out. That's why we need to be students of the word of God. God's got a word for you. You don't have to go to some faraway evangelist to find it. You don't have to bring some expensive person on a jet in here to tell you about it. All you have to do is open the word of God for yourself. Spirit of God, show me what it is that you have for me. There's a promise in the word of God for you. Now, Ezekiel prophesied over those dead places. He spoke the word of God. Over those dead places. But something interesting happens. Even though he did that. The Bible tells us. But they still were not living. This is important. He spoke the word of God. But still there was no life in those bones. I want you to remember a little phrase. They had structure. But not spirit. Don't miss this. They were no longer scattered, but they were not living. That's right. They had ligaments or sinew to King James, would call it, but they still were not living. That's right. Had muscle on the bone, but they still were not living. Yeah. Even had skin on their, on their muscle, but they still were not living. That's right. They had structure, but they didn't have life. Because there was no spirit in them. Are you with me on this now? He spoke the word and the bones came together. But the bones were still laying there. The bones were not doing a thing. They, they had all this beautiful structure. But they were not doing anything. They were just laying there. So God says, Ezekiel, prophesy to the wind. Lord have mercy. Now you got Pastor Mark. Lord. This is Pastor Mark. Don't don't shout me down. Lord, now I spoke to those bones. Because at least I could see the bones, Lord. I can't see the wind. Lord, I don't know where the wind's coming from. I don't know where the wind's going, Lord. Now, I don't know how you would preach it. I'd be looking around, Lord, which way do I go? I'm so glad Ezekiel didn't do that. Ezekiel knew something that I didn't know. Ezekiel realized no, you don't know where the wind's coming from, but when the wind comes, you will know it's here. Yeah. And when the wind goes, you will know what he's done. You may not see it when he comes in, but you're going to see the effects of it. I don't care how bad it was. I don't care how dry it was. I don't care how dead it was. I don't care how scared it was. When the breath of life comes in them, you're going to see a change. So Ezekiel began to prophesy. Ezekiel began to speak to the wind. And this is what he said to the wind. He said, oh breath, come from the four corners if you will. Breath from the north and from the south and from the east and from the west. I want you to come and I want you to breathe upon these. The Bible says these that are slain. I want you to breathe on those which are dead. And the Bible declares when he began to prophesy to the wind, when he called the wind to come down. The, the Bible says that life, the Bible says life came in them. And when the life came in them, the, all that structure began to stand up. And the Bible says it was a great and it was an exceeding army. What I'm telling you is this. He didn't know where the wind was coming from. He didn't know where the wind was going. He just obeyed the God and asked the wind to come. And when the wind came, some things began to change. Some things that were dead came alive. Some things that were scattered came alive. Oh, because the wind came on them. It was the sixth day and God had created man in his likeness, That's right. created man in his image. Man had a beautiful structure, structure with so much potential. Yes. a structure with the potential to have rule and dominion over the earth and the animals. That's right. But that structure with all that potential was not living. Am I okay here? He had had a structure with all that potential that that one day he was going to walk this earth and have communion with God, but he had new life. He had structure with all that potential that he could even rule this earth and carry out the plan of God, but he didn't. Have life. Man had structure, but no life. So the Bible says God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. And when he when that breath came in him and he became a living soul, then he was able to stand up. And because he now was a structure with life, he was able to have dominion over this earth. He was able to name the animals. And because he he was able to rule this earth, he was able to walk and talk with God. He was able to have communion with God. Now he had to he had a. a, a, a body within him with a breath and he was able to carry out the plan that God had for him he was able to fulfill the purpose God had for him he was able to reach the potential God for him I'm simply saying this when the spirit of God comes on the inside it's going to make a difference it's going to make a change and that's what we need if we want life in those dead places the disciples disciples had walked with the Lord they had talked with the Lord they knew his mission They knew his purpose. They even knew one day, one day, we're going to carry on with you. They heard his his lessons. They saw his miracles. They heard his great commission. But when Jesus left, when Jesus ascended, they were just sitting. They were just waiting. Can I say it this way? They had all the structure, but something was missing. So they waited, and they waited a few more days, and finally, the Bible says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, That's right. there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the place they were in, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit." And the Spirit of God began to manifest himself in different ways. And the early church started. These disciples were then, because they were full of the Spirit of God, they were able to carry out the plan of God. They were able to do the work of God. They were able to reach their potential for God, all because the Spirit of God came upon them. And I'm to do it. I've got to ask today, is it possible that we may have structure in our life, but we're still missing something? Is it possible we could have all this structure and still be missing something? Let me tell you something. If anyone in this room loves order, I would be probably in the top ten. I love structure, brother. You know me. I do. I like things to be done a certain way. I like for things to be planned out. I really do. I just, maybe it's a bad thing, but I just like to see organization. But I've learned something as a Christian. All the organization that you've got, all the structure that you may have, all the degrees that you may put on your wall, right. all the initials behind your last name, if you don't have the presence and spirit of God in your life, Amen. you're missing something. You, you might as well be just be a clinging symbol, just, just making some noise because you're not going to be doing anything effective unless God's doing it, got it in your hand now I'm going to tell you something let me just get real real practical with you. We can add structure to our relationships by by planning date knots, planning family knots, talk, get, have outings with other people, and all that stuff is good and I recommend it for you. but you can do all of that structure and come home and say something's still missing That's right. That's right. I can't put my hands on it but Sort of seems like our life just goes through the motion, honey. I mean, we wake up, we go to work, we have dinner together, and we just do the same thing every day after day, and we go out once a month with this couple. Something's missing. We, we can add structure to our careers. Going off to school and furthering education. Maybe getting some on-the-job training. Networking with different people. But still go to that job and come home and say something's missing. I just... I can't put my hands on it. I don't know what it is, but something's just not right. I can say this as a pastor, and I don't want to offend your church or any church represented, but we can add structure to our church. We can bring in a consultant, and they can tell us you need these ministries and you need these ministry leaders, and you need to do this here and do that there, and we can do all of those things and still come to church and leave the same way we came in. No one is being saved. No one is being delivered. No, they're not singing and rejoicing like they're doing here tonight. No one's lifting their hands to praise God. We just come in. We have church. And we go out. And it becomes monotonous because we do it Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And we leave and we say something's missing. I'm going to suggest to you. It may be the presence of God. Please don't be offended. I'm just preaching the text. It may be that it's just the the presence of God. Let me tell you what Jesus said. Well, before he left, he said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will, he said I'll send another comforter and, and in the translation it means I'll send another one just like me what he's mean I'm gonna send one who's not just gonna be among you he's gonna live within you he's the spirit of truth he is the comforter he's the Holy Spirit the old King James calls him the Holy Ghost he'll still be in you he's gonna be the one who walks along beside you he's gonna be a God he's gonna be directing you he's He's gonna be teaching you. He's gonna counsel you just like I would counsel you. He's gonna help you just like I help you. He's gonna bring the word of God back to you just like I would bring it to you. He's gonna be the one that's gonna empower your preaching, empower your teaching, empower your singing, empower your outreach events. He's gonna be the one that anoints the people of your church. He's gonna be the gonna be preaching through you. If anybody's gonna be saved, it's gonna be because of Him. We need to win the blow. We need a fresh outpouring of the presence of Almighty God. That's What we need. If we want dead bones to live, if we want dead bones to live, maybe we just need to get somewhere and get along with God. It's still okay to pray by ourselves, isn't it? It's still okay to kneel down. Matter of fact, it would be a good place right there to kneel. That's a good place right there. Just kneel down before God. I believe it was Paul who told the Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit. Let me tell you something. Don't be scared. That's not a Pentecostal thing. That's a Bible thing, okay? Are you with me on that? Every now and then, when you wake up, of a morning will be a good place to start. When you start your day, ask Heavenly Father, I can't make it without you. I don't know how to do it without you, but I'm going to ask you, fill me with your presence today. Fill me with your Spirit today that I can walk like you want me to talk, and I can behave like you want me to behave, and I can represent you wherever i go and i will not dishonor you but i would bring you glory and not shame wouldn't be a bad idea before we ever started church and I, i don't mean the metal pastor i just maybe it's the pastor coming in now every now and then before we even went to church lord god you know what's needed at our place today lord we want to see somebody saved in our church today dear god we can't save them lord but I'm going to ask you, Lord, that you will anoint every singer and every musician. Yeah, yeah. Lord, anoint every Sunday school teacher and every preacher. Lord, anoint every connection worker, every first responder, whoever may be on this campus. Lord, touch them. When they smile, they smile like you. And when they speak, they speak like you. And when they sing, they sing like you. And when they preach, they preach like you. And Lord, we're going to do our part, and we're just going to trust you with the results. You know, you may never know what may happen in a church service. Man, if every person that says, I'm a member and I belong to Christ, if they would just get somewhere and get along with God before they ever come to church. I wonder what would happen. Here's the problem we have sometimes. Man, we'll be running late. We'll be hitting the snooze button, and we're fussing and fighting trying to get to church. We're, yeah, and then when we get there, it's, hey, how you doing today? And you want God to bless something like that? I'm telling you, seek the face of God before you ever get here. See what would happen. Just see what would happen. Just see what would happen. Seek the presence of God. Oh, man, I, tell you, I, I believe in studies, brothers. I, I really do. And I love, I love, man, to get in the Word of God and, and get a good commentary something and look at it. You know we do, Brother Hilton. But I'm going to tell you something. The Spirit of God can show things to you in the Word that a commentary can't show you. Yeah. Man, he, he can speak to you in ways that Mama and Daddy can't even speak to you. But you got to seek his face. you got to seek his face. You know what? Ezekiel was there with the Lord. And the Lord told him, or asked him, can these bones live? Yes. And the answer is yes. Here's what you need to do with them, Ezekiel. Speak my word. That's right. And seek my spirit. That's right. yeah. You do those two things, and just watch what happened. Yeah. And those bones came together. Breath came in them. And they began to live again. And I'm telling you here tonight, Look at me for just a minute. I'm about to close out. I don't know what seems to be dead in your life. I feel like God's given me this word for someone at this church. Now, I don't know if it's your health that seems like it's scattered and dry. I don't know if it's a job situation or relationship situation. But I know this. There's a God in heaven who loves you. He cares for you, and He can restore what's broken in your life.
1: Amen. Well, we hope you've enjoyed the message today. And if you happen to not have a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, we want to invite you to know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. It's as simple as the ABCs. If you would admit that you are a sinner and that you are in need of a Savior and believe That God sent His very Son, Jesus Christ, to come to this earth to be the sacrifice for our sins. And that He died for our sins and He arose on the third day. And then if you would confess Him as your Lord and Savior, you can be saved. You must believe this with all your heart. and You must be willing to serve Him. If you are, all you have to do is talk with Jesus. You don't need a preacher. You don't need a church to get saved. But if you get saved, find yourself a Bible-believing church. And I believe God will richly bless you.